I'm Jordan Wilson. This is the last semester. I'm here with Katie Markerjohn, my co-host. Hello. And today we have Keith Wilbur, who is the board of trustee student trustee student trustee here at Ohio University. But you are stepping down, right? Uh, yeah, my term is up here. I believe May twelfth. Okay, Keith, you're pretty well known on campus. I think because you're very involved. What organizations are you involved in on campus? Um, I've been involved in a lot here in my four years on campus. Um, I'm in the Marching 110. I was in the Singing Men of Ohio for about three years. Um, I've also been a learning community leader, a tour guide. Um, I was just initiated into Phi Gamma Delta, which is a, for a social fraternity here on campus. And then I'm a lifetime member of Kappa Kappa Psi, which is an honorary band fraternity. So do you think that you're pretty well known on campus? Um, I'd like to think so, at least just in terms of visibility for the position that I'm in. And um, I'd like to think that people think that they can come and talk to me. What exactly are, as a trustee, because I'm sure, I mean, we know what you, what your purpose is, but for our listeners who don't technically know, like what right. do you do as a trustee? Like what sort of purpose is your position serve for Ohio University? Right, so as a student trustee, there's two of us essentially that represent um, all students here on campus in the Athens campus, but also at the regionals as well. Um, and the two of us are appointed by the governor for two year staggered terms. And essentially we represent um, the student perspective uh, to the board of trustees um, whenever we feel it's necessary, go through all of the boards, um, decision-making processes. We go to the board meeting, uh, get all the presentations that the other trustees do. We get we here at Ohio University get to sit in on executive session, um, things of that nature. But essentially, we just are part of the um, high-level decision-making board for the university. How did you get elected elected into that position? Um, so the position is actually appointed. At least the process that I went through, there was a committee um, based out of student senate. They chose five people. In my year, they chose three. Um, I think the governor's office just asked for three. And then they, they send you on to the governor's office. You have an interview with the governor uh, and his staff. Um, I didn't actually see the governor. It was just with his staff. And then you just kind of waited until they called your name out at the leadership gala, announcing that you had either won it or if they didn't call your name out, you didn't win it. This year was a little different, but um, essentially students just elected five people to send on to the governor's office. And then from there, the governor will appoint so one of So you were elected. Five. No, I was I was appointed. The committee chose me as one of the three, went on to the governor's office, and then they appointed me there. Okay. Did you think you were going to get it? No, I didn't, actually. Really? Yeah. I had one I had one other person uh, in the group whose brother had previously been a student trustee, and then one other person um, said that she had had connections to the to the governor's office. So I was, I was actually thinking that I was on what the What sort outside. of preparation went into, like, going before the governor? Like, what did you... Uh, I tried to look up some of his policies, some of the things that the case administration was doing and, and the Republican Party in Ohio was doing in general, um, and then kind of try to tie in some of the initiatives that he was working on to um, some of the interview questions. Other than that, I also just tried to really know what maybe like a board of trustees does. Uh, some students don't don't even know that. So I, I tried to see what our board was doing, what John Kasich was doing, and then kind of mix the two and, and make it a little relevant. Was it just for, like an interview? Yeah, it was just an interview. Oh, VP okay. Lombardi was there. Um, huh. And just me, VP Lombardi, and the governor's staff. And you've so. done this for two years, right? Yeah, it's a two-year appointment. Um, I come in for two years. Um, now that I'm being replaced, Charmaine is in her first year going into her second year. So they're staggered. Okay. That way there's some continuity there, and there's always someone to... And they're they're going to elect a new one. When do they have I elections? believe that the elections were already held. I don't know who the five are. That wasn't very well covered in the post, I don't think, or okay. the local media, but they are sending the five on that were elected. So they already have five. They should oh, have okay. the five from the student government election huh. as well. Yeah, they were done concurrently. So, 
We were uh, talking with Megan Marzak earlier about how student government here doesn't really have any power. They're just kind of like a, like a figurehead and mm-hmm. like kind of... Um, well, student trustees still don't have voting rights. Yeah, correct? I was going to ask correct. you, like, student trustees, what kind of power do yeah. you have in the board of trustees? Like, what really is your role? Right. Well, I'd, I'd say that there's a few places where I would cite kind of power, right, for the student trustee. One is the budget planning council. Um, that's the biggest one, I think, for students. When you... Uh, when you know students ask you what kind of tangible power do you have, I have a vote on the budget planning council, so I can make motions, um, everything by Robert's rules of order, stuff like that. So that's probably the biggest place where students have power. Student, the student uh, government president has a spot on that um, committee, and then the graduate student senate president has a spot on that committee as well. So hmm. it's us three. Um, that's the biggest place for power. And then also we are not entitled to be able to sit in on executive session for the university, but we actually. Uh, the university lets us every time we've been allowed to sit in on executive session, which is kind of the beginning portion of Friday morning for the board. We all go into closed door session where we can only talk about real estate or personnel issues, things of that nature. Um, so we've been invited to, to be able to do that every time throughout my two years, um, every board meeting. So that's, I think, that has a lot of power within itself. Just being able to sit in on a closed door meeting with the university is a, is a big deal in this day and age. So, mm-hmm. What's like a date? What's like your date as a student trustee? Like, what do you like, what's your day, daily yeah, what are, what's, routine? What kind of time commitment is this? Um, you know, in the past, it's really just been up to whoever is in the position, um, you know, to put in however much time they feel like they're they're able to do. I know that Charmaine and I both kind of have a commitment to uh, still keep our organizational involvement because we think that that's important and that's kind of what got us to where we are today. But we do try to reach out. It's hard because there's only two of us. Um, but we've been working on ways and brainstorming ways this past year how we might be able to reach out a little more to students. But the day-to-day grind can vary greatly between uh, trustees. But for the most part, we try to sit in our office a little bit, keep the door open. People are more than willing to come and talk to us. Um, we do have a Twitter account. It's not, uh, not been terribly active in the past year, but people are able to message us and stuff. And we, we do look at that and uh, try to answer questions do there. Do people come and visit you like yeah, in office? interact with you? No, not yeah. usually. No, people don't like to come to the office and things. So we try to go out and just ask people questions, ask our friends, ask people. I try to ask random people on the street, at least two or three um, a week usually try to ask them about a university initiative that we're doing, someone random, or I'll ask them, you know, I'll stop a female on campus and say, hey, how, like, how do you feel about lighting on campus? Like, what, like, are you, do you feel safe when you're walking home at night? Do you not feel safe? Where are the areas that you don't feel safe at? Things like that. So when I go into the board meeting, I sense. know, hey, a student told me this. And it might not be the general student population, but at least I know that um, the student was willing to tell me what they felt maybe, you know, in that specific case, they felt they were unsafe in this specific area. So then in a campus master plan talk, I might be able to bring that up. and Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're essentially, you're like the student body voice. Like you're trying to, mm. that makes sense. That's what I always thought that they were, but I think people it, don't really yeah. know. The Nobody's two of us informed. try to encapsulate the, just the voice of the student body and all matters. And that's a little hard because the student body is diverse, but mm-hmm. we try to do our best. When we, uh, I was actually at the bat rally a couple weeks ago and you uh, were brought up in the bat rally as someone <laughs> that this is their fault for like your the fault. reason that <laughs> This is going on, and we're having this big protest because these people said, like, no on this issue on the president's house. Like, what do you think about that whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little difficult. So, I mean, my term's not up until the 12th, but I think ultimately, uh, right, like, um, it's it's good that students are, are sharing their opinion, and, and, and they're more than willing to do that. I, I encourage them to do that. It makes our uh, job a little bit easier and that we can go and talk to the people who maybe support the issue or aren't sure where they're at, and we can 
we can ask them what their opinion is um, on the McDavis household situation, right? But it's always good to see students out there sharing their opinion. I hate that maybe me and Charmaine sometimes have to be at the center of it all, but I'd rather it be us. I mean, we signed up for this position. We knew what it entailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally don't have a problem with it. They're just expressing um, what they feel that they need to express. And I'm okay. I mean, I hate that they villainize me sometimes. It's a little frustrating on, on my part, at least, just because... You know, when the door's shut for executive session on Friday mornings, like, me and Charmaine are all that the students really have. And we really try to represent those students' voices as well. But sometimes we feel a little bit outed uh, when they're coming after us. And we're like, guys, like, we're trying to help you. Even if you don't see it, we're always trying to include their voice as well as everyone else's voice. So we try to uh, include what the student union has to say and other people um, as well. And I know that the majority of students that I heard from on the issue weren't supportive of it. And that uh, that's something that we definitely brought in. To the meeting. Was there like there was was there a meeting about that? Um, all so all real estate issues happen within executive session for the university, okay. which is guarded by law. So any discussions that happen in there, like I can't discuss just right. because. I was just curious. There, there was. Oh, but yeah, they it, did talk about it. Okay. Yeah, so all real estate matters happen hmm. right there in executive session. That's interesting. Uh, in your past two years, have you experienced any like negative backlash from people from like decisions that have been made? Like, what's the situation where you felt really like attacked by people? Um, I don't, you know, I try to like personally not feel outed or attacked. It's hard sometimes, but, um, it's more like amongst other student leaders that I like get a little upset about or feel outed about. But for the most part, like, like I said earlier, like we signed up for the position and, and people, yeah, they're going to come to you with concerns like the McDavis, uh, house issue, the, the bat rally, stuff like that. That was probably the biggest one most recently. Uh, people in my Spanish class were talking to me about it. Um, and because my face had been in the post a little bit, people were like, oh, I know who, who you are. And they mentioned my name and stuff. So, um, yeah, people do come up to us. Uh, Charmaine has had people approach in the, in the dining hall, trying to get her to sign petitions and stuff. But we always try to make ourselves available. Like I said, I always try to tell people, you know, come and talk to me. I'm, I'm in the office these times. I'll set up a personal meeting. I give them my cell phone and contact information. And then we try to kind of field their questions at an yeah. individual level. I'm just curious just because I want to know how, like, informed this campus is. When you first got student trustee, were people, like, recognizing you for that and, like, seeing you on campus and, like, oh, hey, Keith Wilbur, like, student trustee? <laughs> I, I had maybe – I think I had one person that stopped me. I felt really special. That one person was like, hey, are you Keith Wilbur? And I was like, yeah. It was, like, out of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for the most part, people don't really know who we are. And, yeah. like, and I think that's evident when people, like, come up to Charmaine in the dining hall and they're like, do you want to sign this posi- petition against the Board of Trustees' decision to – X, Y, or Z. Charmaine's like, hey, I was in that discussion because I'm on the board. <laughs> people like look at her like, whoa, yeah, whoa, I didn't know that, that that's a thing. Never so mind. I know my big thing is to like, how, like, how do we increase the presence of the student trustee on campus? And I think Charmaine's going to be able to execute a little bit better. We conceptualized a lot of good ideas, but that's like good. I said, at the end of the day, there's only two of us. So it is a little difficult to try to reach Do you think out. that even though, as like, I know other schools or other universities have trustees, two of them, correct? Mm-hmm. From all the universities. Usually. Are yeah. you guys like, I mean, I feel like our student government is almost there's more at least like more knowledge than like other campuses because like I don't hear anything from other campuses that it's I don't happening. hear, about OSU, I don't hear like anything Brown about OSU or anything. Yeah. I think this campus really is like especially in the past few years like yeah, yeah. I think that they want their voices heard like students do. Yeah, Ohio University is is unique and I think it's been unique throughout the years, but it really is a great cross section of, of an American political university and we have we have a diverse group of Such students that come here and we have a diverse group of students that are willing to fight for a diverse uh, a, a wide array of issues I should say mm-hmm. so. Um, I think OU really is a good cross-section of, yeah, kind of you think the American it's political realm. Yeah, the perfect size. I think OSU is almost too large to really... Right. It's, like, just too yeah. big. It's, like, everything. But then, like, you know, Miami. Because I feel like OSU, there's a lot of corporate... Yeah. It's like you're in the city, OSU. basically. 
Yeah, and plus there's just so much money at OSU, like commercial. There's so much commercial value at Ohio State that there, than there is here. Yeah. Yeah, Ohio's problems are certainly a lot different than ours, especially yeah. just because they get a lot more subsidy. They um, have a medical school, which is big for funding, and so they have a lot of different funding sources. And sports. Have a different yeah. And sports, yeah, their sports program is huge. So. Yeah, um, sports, man. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about uh, the campaign. So you are taking a fifth year, right? I am. You are taking a fifth year, and you are going to run for student president, student, for student president, Senate president next yeah. year. And you had a you had a ticket arranged and everything, but it fell through. What happened? Um, I was essentially, I believe, wrongly disqualified for pre-campaigning or early campaigning, as the board of elections calls it. Uh, essentially, they told me that in a meeting with an organization, uh, originally via email, they told me that my speech was found in violation and was early campaigning. Um, Wait, when did they claim you were early campaigning early? They said that the incident occurred on the 11th, that the submission occurred on the 12th. This is of last month. Okay. Um, so, and then uh, they emailed me on the 20th uh, just saying, hey, you're disqualified and your ticket's disqualified. Uh, hmm. So I was, I was kind of caught off guard by it all and we kind of scrambled for a little while. Um, I met with the board chair, I met with the board. They really didn't seem to um, care what I had to say, to be quite honest. Uh, they had their mind made up, and then um, I appealed to Megan Marzik. All of my attempts at appealing failed, unfortunately, so I wasn't able to run. Um, my ticket tried to run a little bit, but things just kind of fell through. It, it was a little difficult. They kind of cut us at the knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, when you have a ticket that's outside of Student Senate, whenever the Board of Elections comes out and disqualifies your president, So your ticket was not through... What was the ticket that ran... You were through student senate, right? No, mine was time. Your time, yeah. okay. time. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure. I get confused by all, like where they all come from. Yeah, yeah. there was there was yeah. a lot there of different, lot of different, different ones this year. year. Yeah. yeah, I just so, so you technically you just can't campaign before you've announced your ticket. Why yeah. is that a big yeah, deal? Yeah, I'm confused. The rules are the rules are are, are really kind of kind of crazy in in some places. But essentially, uh, you're allowed to solicit membership, but you're not allowed to campaign and talk about campaign issues. Um, and the rules essentially have forced candidates into this spot where they say things that they want to get the crowd to interpret in another way because you're prepping for campaign season. I made the argument to the board I was essentially just soliciting membership and that the interpretation that they got from me may have been different than what I actually said. That maybe we're playing a game of telephone when we're interviewing mm. people. Um, but quite honestly, they didn't, like I said, they didn't really want to hear what I had to say. And I think that was evident in the process um, because the Board of Elections didn't include me in on that process at all. They didn't interview me. They didn't really, it was done independently of the tickets. So. I remember when that whole thing went down, I, re- I read an article in the Post about it, and you only gave them one quote. They didn't interview mm-hmm. about it or anything. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there was anything wrong with the way that you are like, portrayed in the media about yeah, that? I mean, I sat, I sat down with the Post for about a, a half an hour to 45 minutes and laid it all out for him. And I, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed to see some of the rhetoric of the articles. I did feel that they favored Omar's, uh, the board chair's uh, quote a little bit more than mine. Um, but ultimately, the, you know, that's media and that's the name of the game. And that's kind of what you, you get. They went out and write a story and mm-hmm. they get to choose what quotes they put in. So when if you were to have run, what would have been your platform? Um, our platform was essentially going to be a uh, kind of three-point platform, if you will, with three tenets, um, engagement of the student body at large, um, improving student life, and then restructuring of student senate. I think uh, oftentimes you hear this rhetoric that student senate needs change, but people kind of forget why. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to run on essentially restructuring student senate completely. I wanted to make it into student government, uh, transform student senate um, into a, a, a bicameral legislative system. Um, where you have, you have two houses uh, going back and forth, 
uh, two chambers uh, uh, making legislation, um, kind of getting student input back and forth. Um, but really, we just like wanted to do some very practical things as well in terms of like making uh, uh, all-campus bathroom, two-ply, toilet paper mandate. Like we had some very practical things, but then some very serious things as well. Um, and I was hoping to get it out there. I think that our, our student government model, it was modeled off of the University of Florida and, um, you know, Oregon State uh, University and universities in their student government systems. But uh, we just unfortunately weren't able to roll it out. What do you think is like the biggest <coughs> issue within like student government as a whole? Like, is it just that students aren't being heard? Is it just the people in place and the power, like what, in your opinion? Because I hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people. Because we have had a lot of people on here who are very mm -hmm. like, we had a lot. Of, it's been a lot of student senate, honestly, in the yeah. past few weeks. So I want to hear, like, because you've really been there for a while. Like, what yeah. is your opinion on that? I actually, I want to say something. I've heard that when it comes to funding, the funding that they have for student organizations, that funding goes to like most of it goes to three organizations. Okay. Oh, the funding they get yeah, from. Okay, yeah. So you're talking about SAC, and they, they have yeah. about 400000 They have over $400,000 that they give away for programming, for student money. And you're right, there's the big three. There's mm -hmm. ISU, BSCPB, International uh, Student Union, Black Student Cultural Programming Board, uh, and UPC, University Programming Council. And those are the big three, and they do get the, the uh, most amount of money, but they do a lot of programming, and I will give yeah. them that. Um, now, student union on the whole, asking maybe, like, what's wrong with or student union, student senate, what's, what's going on with student senate? Um, and, and what can we do to fix student government? That's kind of, um, it's hard to answer, right? Because every administration is different and the problems with every administration are different. Now, generally, um, the transitory nature of students, I think, is hard. That makes student government really difficult. Students are only here for about four or five years. Um, any like real rules and procedures changes that need to happen by the time you're in your fourth yeah. year and you're seeing them, it might not be politically convenient <coughs> for everyone else to do them. Um, Stuff like that. I, I, I think the transitory nature of students is is, is big into this, the successes, but also the failures of student government at large. Um, culture, when I came into student senate my freshman year, the culture was cutthroat. It was, we're going to ask for your letter of resignation if you say something that we don't like, um, wow. things of that nature. And then uh, getting into the student trustee role, I was able to back away. See what I didn't like about that culture and see the culture shift quite a bit. Um, and then I was going to hopefully come back to it. But culture is a big one, um, transitory nature of students, and then just general, like, structure is not good. The rules and procedures aren't written well. Uh, I think my case specifically with, with the campaign disqualification speaks to why the rules aren't written very well. Um, and the fact that people can't even hand out their ideas, like, before, like, they run to, like, people. Like, to people that they want to solicit membership from. You can't even talk about a campaign issue. Like, oh, okay. That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Like, people want to know what you're running on. They want to know how you're going to change their university before you run for student government. So those kind of those kinds of rules, to me, are just, like, frivolous. They don't need to be there. It's unnecessary. We're, we're students. This is student government. This isn't yeah. the federal government. This isn't, you know, the Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah. This is student government. We should be all working for... Um, for the betterment of students. So I think that those three things have created um, issues within the past four years from all kinds of administrations and, and hmm. viewpoints. So. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I think they should, I think it's weird that they, they give you such a short time to campaign. Yeah. This year this year it was shorter. I know in the past it's been about four weeks and then I think they whittled <laughs> it down to three and then now it's down to two. I do like the two week campaign period. Um, really? I know that there yeah, but there was a resolution up in student senate uh, in the fall to have an, a passive campaign period where you're allowed to to throw your website up and your platform and stuff like that, but you can't 
actively solicit votes and say, hey, if someone comes up and talks to you about it, you can talk to them about your campaign. But all it is is essentially, hey, I'm running, no talking to anyone. Um, and that was going to be a week or two weeks, something like that. And I think that that would have been a good addition to it so you could have learned about people and then had them maybe come and solicit you for a vote. But, um, so did the, the ticket you were originally short. running on, did they run at all? Because I don't even know. Or did uh, they, they, tried. They, they, they tried to run, yeah, but there were some some issues with communication. And like I said, when you have a ticket that's completely outside of student senate, essentially, besides two people, and you lose your president, and then you only have one person who's been involved in student senate, you really right. lose that um, memory and that, that solid uh, base foundation of knowledge that you need to run the campaign at grassroots organizing God, effort, so. running a campaign would be crazy. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be, that, would be, that would put me over the edge. That would be time That would be very time consuming. Um, what's your relationship with the administration? I like to think it's pretty good. Um, you know, it's not perfect, and we certainly don't agree on everything, but the administration has been really good to me um, since I've been here. They, I try to respect them, and they, they certainly try to respect me. Um, and we've had to disagree on things. I mean, we've had to agree to disagree on things, and that's totally all right. VP Lombardi and I still don't agree on the fact that the university is um, – or the university was and still is, I guess, implementing this tobacco-free campus. But now it's it, you have to do it legally, um, stuff like that. But before when it was well, optional, it's a legal thing now? it is a legal thing. All okay. universities are going to have to do this anyway, and that's where wow. we thought we were going. But I just so you can't smoke on campus. It's crazy. You're not allowed. You're not, You're not supposed to. How do you? How do they how police do you, that? I, know. I don't think there is the, from the university side. They don't. I don't think that they plan on really policing it. It's just as safe much they as have they, it to right, make Ohio right. happy. It's not going to be an enforcement as much as it is going to be education and trying to get people to kind of cessate and stop uh, mm-hmm. smoking. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. What do you think about? Uh, you, you see a lot of protests for like tuition hikes and stuff. What do you think about tuition hikes and? You know, it's it's difficult. This is something that's being talked about across the nation right now, and I, I think that we're in an interesting time. Like, I see that as a like, na- national right. issue. It, is an, it certainly is a national issue, and I think that, I mean, I know that Ohio's done a good job in terms of, of cost control, right? We, we certainly don't feel it. But Ohio, just when you compare it to every other state in the nation, we've done a good job in uh, in terms of tuition cost control, and a lot of that I attribute to the, to the caps. Um, I think where we get in trouble uh, a lot of the time is – um, salaries and bonuses and administrative pay, I think that, that um, can be a slap in the face of students when you um, give a hefty raise to someone, um, when you raise tuition to another uh, yeah. you know, group. Um, that's difficult. I will say um, the state share of instruction has gone down for universities across the board. The state share of instruction is what the taxpayers, what the taxpayers pay to the government. The government decides where that money goes, right? And um, the government has decided to essentially decrease state funding for universities um, down to now where we're under 25%. Um, and that doesn't sound like a public institution to me. A public institution should be funded by the state at least 50-50 uh, minimum. So uh, that has really attributed to a lot of the rising or the issues with rising costs uh, for students at universities. Um, if it were 50-50... What would the tuition look like? You know, I, I, I don't really know, like, what like what the price point might be, but if it were 50-50, I know that our tuition uh, would, would be lower than what it is yeah. now. At least the university would be able to, to uh, compensate us more in terms of services and in terms of a lower I, tuition yeah. cost, yeah. in my opinion. Just because anytime you have the state given, given more money to your institution, I mean, you're going to be able to invest in things like academic programs, infrastructure, you things have, of like, that you pretty You see a lot of, like, the school's budget and how much money they Yeah, have. I mean, the Board of Trustees does all strategic decision-making for the university, and then there are the fiduciary kind of financial stewards for the university. So we see everything, budget sheets, uh, yeah. balance sheets, I mean, everything uh, I mean, for the university. So 
I the money that's through here, like, I mean, because I've seen all the budgets for, like, because culinary is completely separate. Like, I've seen all of the money they sit on. And mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit disconcerting to right. see how much money they truly do sit on and then how much I'm paying. Well, I'm not currently paying for a meal plan, but how much they are charging right. students for instant mashed potatoes. Like, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, but I mm-hmm. have the power to see it. And it's like, it just, right. it's a little irking to me. Because I didn't know that before when I'm paying for a meal plan. Like, this is what I've been but paying for. It's part of the reason why I wanted to run for student senate president as well, just because, I mean, of all of the knowledge that I had with this position, and I will tell you that the president tells Charmaine and I constantly, like, you guys know more than any other student at this university. Like, just because yeah. we are in so it's many crazy. meetings and there's so much information thrown at us. But, um, you know, I do have knowledge like that that I really wanted to try to uh, get out to students and change. But... As student trustees, we kind of just got to change what we can at the moment. I mean, the role itself is transitory. It's only two years, but okay. I know what you're talking about. And culinary specifically has been brought up to me. They're like, what? people are like, why is culinary sitting on so much? And um, sometimes they don't get bought out by I mean, right. company. Culinary is almost like a company aside. They are, they are completely separate. Culinary is self-sufficient. The money they yeah, make from meal plans. The only thing is, is like, let's say OU wants to build a road in the middle of, like that road over there by River Park mm-hmm. that they built. I think culinary was forced to... Yeah. Or something like that. They, the and they asked, like, the hey, city, like, yeah. we're going to let you do your thing, but you need to, we really advise that you give us this much money to pay for that road. Right. But at the same time, like, they're still making their own money. But essentially, they keep, they sit on thousands of dollars because they don't want to be bought out by some, like, I think OSU is a similar, they got bought out, I'm pretty sure. Like, they're run yeah. by, like, a mass company, and then they're not an actual well, the great uh, the thing about culinary services that's interesting, right, is people say, well, why is culinary sitting on all this money? I had a student, one student that came in to me this year, probably had one or two each year. Did you really? That's interesting. Um, and he came in to me and said, why is culinary sitting on all this money? Like, I want to know. We pay so much to them. Why are we, they sitting mm. on this money? And the reason that they were sitting on all that money is to put up that money to redo Jefferson and to redo Boyd and stuff like yes. that. So a lot of that's the money that we've too. seen yeah. is now flowing out of their accounts to... Um, different, different uh, locations on campus. I have seen the plans, They're, the fresh market the concept. The void is absolutely amazing. Anyone who is not, well, most people have not seen it yet, but it is going to be amazing. Like, I'm actually really kind of jealous that I'm leaving. I can't eat there or work there. Like, <laughs> like, like Nelson, like, they put so much money into Nelson, and Boyd is just literally, like, the numbers at Nelson are going to just go down. Like, I'm just telling you, this could be bad. completely untrue, that he works at Boyd and that culinary service has, like, a plane. Like a I don't plane. think they have a plane. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, d- I doubt it. Tell. Yeah, I highly. I mean, I highly doubt it. Myself. I think I hear about that. They probably, sh- you know, ship all their food in and things of that nature. But I know that. No, they have yeah. trucks. They get from local. Yeah, I mean, they try to get from local ones. They're uh, U.S. Foods. That's who they get all their stuff from now. Mm-hmm. We used to be, what's it called? Gordon, but now it's U.S. Foods. But I mean, it's it's all it's it, no. It's like if you like being in a position like and you see the money, it really sucks because you know you're paying tuition. But ultimately, it's like that everywhere. Like that's what you're paying for. You're paying for a degree. Right. You know, you're just paying for a piece of paper. I mean, well, and do it. I think the problem, you know, the student union likes to likes to harp on, I think, apathy a lot. They, they think that the student population is apathetic. And I think that they would argue that that comment's apathetic. But I don't mean, I don't, I don't, it, it's a problem everywhere. And I, I don't necessarily, it doesn't feel good uh, seeing the board raise tuition every time. I mean, oh, I, I have to pay yeah. it too. And I think the thing that a lot of students forget is like, I'm not here on full scholarship. I mean, I pay my own tuition, I pay the difference. You're coming out with debt. My financial aid. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming out with yeah. debt. My family's coming out with debt. It's the same thing. And I'm not, excuse, that doesn't excuse it, but I mean, I'm I'm struggling with the same issues. And, and uh, to find, to sit on the board and to kind of find a balance uh, of where like, where am I at versus where's the rest of the student population at? That's probably been mm-hmm. the most difficult uh, thing. And so intuition hikes are definitely included in that. Are you like kind of sad to leave the position? Are you ready? Are I ready? am. I'm sad. Um, 
I wish, you know, we could have the nine years just like all the other trustees uh, do. Because this position has been so, so very interesting for me. Um, I got into it and I was like, why is this a political appointment? Uh, you know, why is like John Kasich appointing students to sit on the board? I got out there and I realized uh, what, how political American universities are um, and how much politics kind of affects American universities. Uh, um, but as well, just the sheer size of the university, um, how it works, um, kind of the best practices of higher ed, all that stuff is learned on, on the board. And it's quite fascinating um, for me, a first-generation college student, to come into the university structure not knowing jack shit about the university. And now I feel like I have a, like a plethora of information yeah. and just mm. I'm overwhelmed with all of it. Um, so, yeah, I am sad to leave. I, I'm ready to leave. Um, it's been a, kind of a long two years. Um, it's, it's been good serving my fellow students, but um, it's, time. It's, it's time to leave, yeah. It would have been great to be here for the rest. Um, so you're doing a fifth year. And, and you're not running – are you planning on being involved in Student Senate still, or are you planning no. on just, just being kinda, there? No, I'm, I'm, I plan on just continuing with the other orgs that I have. Like I said, I'm in Phi Gamma Delta, which has um, already been a great experience for the past year that I've – um, pledge the organization and the Marching 110. We're going to Europe next summer, um, and then we'll just be doing our normal performances next season and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll just stay involved on campus, but not, not in students. So lucky. Yet. We're graduating, and it's yeah. it's really sad. <laughs> we, like, <laughs> cried about it yesterday, like, <laughs> in our apartment. Like, oh, I don't want to so graduate. So, Keith, how would you like to be remembered in the end? I'd like to be remembered as someone who um, moved the student trustee role, role forward and um, – you know, gave the student perspective uh, on the board. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's about yeah. it. I don't, I mean, I think that I've really, I've expanded the student trustee role. I mean, I know I have. From when I came into the role, I know what people were doing in the role when I came in. I know what Charmaine and I are doing now. Um, and that's, that's really different. And I've really tried to like make it so that we have things, just simple things like transition reports. And we maybe have uh, access to a little bit of money so we can like take people out to coffee and like go get a meal with them and sit down with them and talk to them about university issues or like get someone to help us out with our PR and design to design for us things so um, I'd like to be remembered as someone who yeah expanded the student trustee position and, and kind of the power of that position uh, for students but also kind of work for, for students and give the, the perspective of students to the to the board very good very good well Keith Thank you for sitting with us today. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm Jordan Wilson. This has been The Last Semester. Tune in next time.